Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the world of New York City real estate. And at this hour, finding success in real estate requires more than simply buying low and selling high. At least 30 U.S. billionaires made their money from real estate. Some say that it is the greatest way to create real wealth and financial freedom. My guest today says learn then earn. He is Mark Bloom, and we will talk to him about investing in real estate. Also at this hour, we're going to talk to the managing director of Expor Life Sciences and the services they offer to protect families and pets from their uh, air quality threats in their home. Their product is taking off, and Ryan Solinger will tell us why. Plus, the panel will be here to discuss hot topics as usual. I would like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate. I am your host, Vince Rocco. Each week, we bring you all the news that is relevant to your real estate success, regardless of what part of the process you belong to. You can always email me here at the show or at vrocco at halstead.com. Uh, we have a special guest coming up in a second, but first, the news. Halstead's July 2017 absorption report highlights are now available. After dropping for the second month in a row, the Manhattan absorption rate of 5.8 months is 9% higher than a year ago. The condo absorption rate rose 14% from a year ago, while the co-op rate increased 5%. Upper Manhattan was the tightest market in July with a 4.4-month supply of units for sale. For clarification of listings, the number of active listings transmitted through the Real Estate Board of New York's listing service is at the beginning of each month, and the absorption rate is how many months it would take to sell all active listings in a given market. We calculate it by dividing the number of listings by the average number of closings over the prior six months. Historically, an absorption rate between six to nine months indicates a balanced market. Now to my special guest, Mark Bloom is nationally recognized is a nationally recognized real estate expert. He is co-founder and owner of Network Realty, named one of the nation's top-sized company, mid-sized companies to work for in 2017. His firm helps everyday investors add residential real estate to their portfolios. He is a firm believer that all investors should be in the residential real estate game. Networth Realty owns brokerage offices in 14 cities around the United States. Mark has helped hundreds of clients buy, sell, and hold real estate investments uh, all over. He has been featured on ABC's Nightline, Fox News Radio, and dozens of NBC, CBS, and Fox affiliate stations across the country. Fox News Business, the Dallas Business Journal, and personal real estate investor are only a few of the prestigious publications that Mark has appeared in. And at one time, he was the host of the nation's only nationally syndicated radio show solely dedicated to real estate. He holds a degree in law and a master's of finance, specializing in investments, both from the University of Miami. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? That is quite the resume. It's long. Wow. I was, uh, yeah, that's getting longer. <laughs> it's getting... We're going to have to add this show to it now. That's quite all right. Listen, so welcome. I'm so happy to uh, to have found you and uh, that you're on the show. But I want to talk. I want to talk about you know here in New York City, we do a lot of investment sales. Like a lot of people come in from foreign lands, from all over the country, and also from here locally. But they want to buy for investment purposes. Of course. And, and you know it's always a tricky thing in the city. But I know you've got tips to start investing in real estate. So let's let's go through some of them. You say. You make your money in the buy and take your time, but take action. What do you mean by that? So when you find an asset that you want to purchase, 
prior to purchasing it, when you run your numbers, when you, as they say, measure twice, cut once, you go through and you make sure that, look, there's two risks involved in any deal. There's deal risk. In other words, what's wrong with this house? Is there, uh, as your next guest is going to talk about, air quality? Is there mold? Is there fire damage? Is it just a general rehab? You have to figure out what's going on with that deal. Does it have a funeral home behind it? Is it across the street from a, a a church or a school, whatever it might be, then there's market risk. Okay. You can control a lot of the deal risk. Okay. You cannot control the market risk. Very good point. But what you need to do is be aware of all those moving parts. So before you make the decision, before you take action, identify as much of the risk as humanly possible in that deal, pin it down to minimize it, reduce it, hedge it, in whatever way, shape, or form you can, so that when you take that action, okay, you have the highest chances of success with the least amount of risk. And single family, for a multitude of reasons, four units or less, lends itself to being able to figure out those risks, not only relatively easily, but in a timely manner. So I can't do my due diligence on a 50-unit apartment building in two days, but I can do my due diligence on a three, two, that's 1500 square feet. Realistically, I can do it for the most part. If I had to in two hours, I get a general contractor. We walk through, we do pressure tests. We, we test the HVAC. There's five systems, right? Roof, mm-hmm. foundation, plumbing, HVAC, electrical, everything else is drywall, nails, wood. So pin that stuff down. Those are your big ticket items. Try and reduce the risk on those large things. Figure out what's going on in the rest of the house. Look at the market. The market is it's not like commercial where you're based off of rents. You're based off of what your neighbor is willing to sell and what someone else is willing to pay for that house as those trade in the free market. So because there's a lot of examples out there, it's very easy to predict if there are three houses that have granite and wood floors and they've been painted and, and they've all sold for 250 then if you put granite and wood floors and painted and your house doesn't back up to a funeral home and it's in the same neighborhood, then the market should function as markets function and that house should sell for at or around 250. So it becomes very easy and residential to pin down your risks and make a wise, educated decision on where you're going to be in that deal before you even do it. Before you even do it. So now you do the deal and you you say, get a good contractor because this could be the difference between <laughs> yes. making money and potentially It's like an oxymoron, money. isn't it? Yeah. Well, but, but it's true. It is right? true. No, good contractors are tough to come by. Um, it, you have to not only find a, a quote unquote, and we're on the radio, I'm doing the air quotes here, good contractor, but you have to keep that person on a relatively short lease. So what we talk about is sometimes your contractor will go, uh, I want 50% up front. I'm not dealing with a contractor that wants 50% up front. You don't, what do you need 50%? Your labor gets paid at the end of the week. Okay. So you don't need to pay them till Friday. We're going to start the job on Monday. What do you really need? You need materials. Okay, so we're going to go, we're going to show our people when they come to us, go buy the materials on a Home Depot card. If you want to have the contractor pick them up at the at the Home Depot, take them to the property, meet them there Monday, make sure the 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 all materials are there. Go over the list of work that's going to be done. Come back on Friday and cut him a check for his labor. You're not overextended on the deal. The contractor is not overextended on the deal. That should be fair for everybody going forward. Um, I wouldn't give a contractor 50% upfront. So it's not only finding a good contractor, but being able to have a contractor who will allow you to have a manageable relationship. 
your next tip is a good one, and I and I see this oftentimes here in New York. You say rehab to the market, not to your yes. personal taste. Yes, I can't tell you how important that is. When I walk into apartments, and I see bright red cabinets and purple walls and this, you know, fixed things that are multiple different colors, and yeah. you think, wow, what was someone thinking? It may be nice materials, but sure. the colors are wrong. For example, so sure. Explain to us why that's important from an investor perspective. Of course. So you're selling into the market. So you have to do what the market wants. And and though you may think, you know, lacquer red cabinets are amazing and they, they may be amazing in that setting, you know, the average buyer isn't going to want that. And you have to rehab to those standards. So for instance, if when you look at our website, networthrealtyusa.com, there's a lot of before and afters. Some of those changes you'll see, uh, bright purple walls down to a beige. Um, these are simple things that make calmer, softer, gentler, more openly acceptable. Um, not only that, but it's not just the eccentric personal taste. It's the, oh, you're doing a $150,000 value rental. Okay. You don't need to put granite countertops in it. Even though you would never live in a house that doesn't have granite countertops, you don't need to put granite countertops in that house because that's not what the market demands. Explain to us, you know, again, from an investor's perspective, what the market demand means, because, you know, everybody runs out there saying, I want this or I want to do that, or I can add $50,000 more to the purchase price or the selling price, whatever. But what in the, in the, in, you know, what does it really mean in in the investor's head? Sure. So a couple of things, and let's start with what you said last. I can add $50,000 to the purchase price, right? Uh, In a market like New York, if you're dealing with $20 million houses, yes, there is the ability for you to add value by doing very unique work. However, in the overwhelming majority of U.S. cities and in the overwhelming majority of houses, even in New York, you can't do that. Particularly in today's market, I was just looking at an article where they were saying that um, there might be 50 offers on a property, but sometimes they're taking the cash offer that's a little bit less than the top offer because the appraisals haven't caught up with the purchase prices yet, because we're coming out of a downturn still, right? So you can put gold toilets in a $150,000 house. It isn't going to make it worth $160,000. It's still going to be a $150,000 house. So you have to rehab to that market. And, And one of the things that's great about real estate that we talked about in the beginning, why it's so safe is the comps tell you exactly what you need to do. It's like if you're a golfer and you could take five golf balls and throw them up on the green and see which way they roll. Well, that's what these other houses did. Someone did granite, someone didn't. Someone did wood, someone did parquet, someone did tile. Someone put a new roof, someone had the old windows, someone had new windows. You see what the things you have to do in the comps, what stopped it from selling. You also say take action. It's scary and it's risky, but it's the only way. What it's you- really hard, isn't it? It's it's extremely hard, and uh, and especially when I see buyer, first time buyers here in New York City, it's a it's a major big deal for them yeah. to pull that trigger. But yeah. it, it is risk, and it's a bit scary, and it's a first time potentially, or maybe a third time. Yeah, but it's a lot of money. It's always scary. I mean, even when I buy houses, still, and I've you know tens of thousands of houses we purchased and sold through our career. Um, it's still, when I purchase one to hold, I want to make sure we're doing the right thing. There, you're still putting your money out on the line. And you want that adrenaline rush because it keeps you on your toes. It makes sure that you're not letting things slip by. That said, um, what, I, what really concerns me is the newer real estate investor who is 
for lack of a better term, in analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. Can't find the the perfect deal. One of the things I tell stuck people that I Stuck on a do, cap rate? Yeah, yeah, you're stuck. Listen, here's the, here's the situation. There is no perfect deal, period. There are good deals. There are great deals. There's no perfect deal. And no matter what you do, you need to get in. So pick a point in time, 2008 or past, and at any point, if you'd have bought real estate, it would be worth more today, including 2008. Including 2007, which was the peak of the peak of the peak. The peak of the peak. It's exactly. all come back, right? Mm-hmm. But if you talked to someone in 2009 and told them you bought in 2007, they'd be like, man, what did you do? You as investor savvy understand that real estate, you're in it for the long term. We got to go to break. But when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk a little more about tips. We're going to talk about uh, how to invest and make big wealth. And uh, education is not so necessarily important. We'll be back right after these messages. We're live from Blast Off Production here in New York City. This is Good Morning New York. We'll come right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, real estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll free in North America at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back with Mark Bloom, who is the co-founder and owner of Net Worth Realty. Mark says real estate should be in every investment portfolio to build wealth. Everybody's goal is to build wealth as they go through life. And in, in real estate, obviously, is the best way to do what you say. It's the last uncommoditized quality investment vehicle. 100%. So single family, only recently we were just talking about this at the break. 
uh, only recently has, and this is why I wound up in, in single family residential investments because I went to, I did my law school, I did my master's and everybody was going and buying a million square feet of warehouse space, or they wanted to get in with a group that was buying apartments and a residential had returns that were far and away greater than anything that I could see. And that has tightened up a bit, but the returns are still far and away better than any other investment vehicle out there with a lower risk. But the, 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 the black waters, the funds of the world are, are, uh, are just now, um, starting to buy and commoditize single family residential real estate. So they're just now starting to buy rental portfolios, put them together, chop them up and put them for sale on stock exchange on other markets. Okay. Um, it is still the last asset where an individual can go easily financeable, okay, easily controllable, tangible asset, can go out and buy these real estate assets, hold them for the long run, bank on appreciation, bank on government incentivized tax shelter, as well as possibly government subsidized rents, um, cash flow. And then you're putting this tenant in that they're paying your note. You essentially are having a business in that rental property. You say it's one of the two most essential items for a reasonable quality of life. Explain that one to me. Sure. So your food and shelter, right? Right. Well, you know, I'm from Texas. So we we can forage for food. We go, you hunt, you, you can grow mushrooms in your backyard, tomatoes in your backyard, <laughs> whatever it might be, right? So you can Correct. forage for food. God forbid if I had to, I go dumpster dive, right? I, I can find food. You can't forage for housing. That's living in a cardboard box. So there are two ways to, to take possession of homes. You can own them or you can you can rent them, right? So as a stock investor, you're literally some larger individual firm's exit strategy, okay? As a real estate investor, you're the larger individual firm and the exit strategy is the new home buyer or the renter. You are moving up in the food chain. You can't find it anywhere else. You need it for a quality of life and it's very easily attainable. And you say the government incents us to buy real estate because it's a tax shelter. Huge I mean, tax that shelter. is huge. Yeah. It's a huge uh, we, situation. And a lot of this stuff is up in the air, you know, with different um, golden cows as far as uh, tax shelters. But your your interest tax ex- uh, credit is huge. Um, you have a depreciation of the asset, massively large, especially as you start to get three, four, five, ten rentals, which may seem difficult, but over the course of a few years is very easy to attain. Any expenses in terms of rehab, these are expenses in the line of business. Um, talk to your accountants. Uh, the tax code is uh, relatively voluminous and malleable, and you can use it to your advantage as a real estate investor. Uh, if you're spending enough time and you qualify, it's very easy to write off a lot of these expenses. How do you start off with a with a, a first-time investor? I mean, when, when someone comes to the table and says, hey, Mark, by the way, you're the expert in this. You buy, you sell. You coach, you educate on what investment buying or investment purchasing is all about. Yes, How do you start with a first-time investor, regardless of age, but just I, I have a bunch of money, I may have just inherited, and I want to put it somewhere where it's going to you know, grow for me and make more money and more wealth as time goes on? How, where do you start with these folks? Yes, sir. That's a great question. So we start whether they have a lot of money, they don't have a lot of money, whether they have a lot of experience or not of a lot of experience. We start in the same position. So all of our properties are off market. 
We don't sell anything on the NMOs. Got it. Everything is fixed pricing. We don't do bidding because we want to keep a profit margin in our investors' pockets because if they're not successful, they're not going to come back and buy more properties. It doesn't really behoove us to try and squeeze every penny in a tight market out of it. What we do is I would bring you into the office and I would sit down with you as anyone should and say, what are your goals? What are you looking to accomplish with investing in real estate? Are you looking to slowly build a portfolio? Do you want to stop working? Uh, a lot of people think flipping is the answer. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's, there's times and places to use flipping. But my personal opinion, and if you talk to any really experienced financial person, uh, I think Warren Buffett said it once, if I could hold every asset that I ever purchased, I would hold them. So if you can do that, the buy, fix, and rent is where you're really going to make your generational wealth, where you're really going to build wealth. So we bring people in and we talk about the structure to fit their goals. And then we work on a one-on-one. On -on -one. It's not emails. It's telephone calls. It's walking through the properties. It's trying to assist in as much way as possible. You were recently featured in Entrepreneur Magazine's Six Amazing Tips on Turning Real Estate into a Real Fortune. It was a very interesting article. Thank you. You, you say, learn then earn. Yes. So I want to ask you about that a little bit. But before throwing, you say, before throwing money away on the HGTV pipe dream, and I want to get into that too, educate yourself. Yes. Don't spend thousands of dollars on coaches and seminars. No matter how much you're told you need an expensive education, you really don't. Yeah. Information is inexpensive and plentiful. Find it or someone specializing in investment real estate such as yourself. So ex explain to us what you mean by learn, then earn, and then everybody has this HGTV pipe dream, sure. or I want to be just like this, or I want to invest just like that. Yeah. Explain this to us. So uh, television, first of all, is television. Let's please, let's not take this at its face value. Put it in perspective. Yes, right. the rehab that they show maybe isn't always exactly what the rehab was, and the timeline, and this is television. This is not, they're not under oath. So um, it's twisted a bit, and I think that, Though that plays well for television, sometimes it sets up some um, unrealistic expectations for people as to as to what they can expect in real estate investment. As far as learning than earning, look, you have to educate yourself. But there are a lot of these seminars where they're going to jam you in a room and they're going to make it really shiny and they're going to get you all amped up and then they're going to sell you the next package up the rung and you don't need to spend tens of thousands of dollars on education. You really don't even need to spend thousands of dollars on education. People call me regularly and ask if I'll mentor them. Yes. What's my charge? I'm not charging you anything. Come buy houses from us if you'd like to. Um, I, I, someone gave me an opportunity. Someone taught me your mentor is not supposed to charge you obscene amounts of money for that. With the internet, the amount of free quality information that's out there is insane. It is, you couldn't even digest it all in months if you wanted to. And then lastly, it's, I use a swimming analogy. Let's say you've never swam. I'm going to sit on the pool, side of the pool, and tell you how to swim. Now go do it. It's not going to help you very much. Oh, you put your arms out in front and you bring one over the other. You have to get in the water and swim. And your best experience, if you gave yourself a $10,000 margin for error on your first project, rather than spending $10,000 on education, you would learn so much more in the project than you would ever learn in the classroom. So let me ask you something. So as you say, you know, the HGTV or any, not to, not just to pick on HGTV, but uh, the television yes. programs, Correct. 
that are geared towards real estate. I mean, even in my business here in New York City, it seems like it's everybody's you know, go-to, it's everybody's pastime, everybody sort of models their dream or their investment thoughts or just buying a home and or fixing it based on what they see on television. How how difficult do you find it? I, I look at you as a consultant. You're a consultant in the investment part of real estate. You're Appreciate a mentor, that. you know, et cetera. How do you, you know, handle, because it's difficult for us sometimes as just re- residential real estate agents here in the city mm-hmm. to kind of break that thought process of these buyers out there because they want to map to what they see on television. How difficult is it for you or is it to kind of break that and get them to kind of understand what you're trying to teach them? It's challenging. It's and, and obviously major. every person is a little different and, and comes in with a different uh, preconceived idea of what they want to do or what they should be doing. This really plays to rehab to the market, right? So people come in with this HGTV yeah. idea where they're going to just tear down walls and they're going to put in a jacuzzi and they're going to – it's going to be amazing. And it's like, look, you don't have to do that. That's not what the market is looking for. So I think that's uh, one of the biggest things. I think the other biggest misconception that we have trouble with, and I'll tell you how we deal with it, is that people think that they're just going to be able to do this from their house, that they don't have to go by and really visit the project all that much that you do like they do on TV. You go by and you look at the house and you have your contractor come by and they give you a bid and then you pull the trigger and then you go to dinner with your wife and that that's, you have to go by the project and check on it. The way that we deal with it, and I think this is what helps and it kind of plays to that getting in the pool and doing it, is we start, we start to take these, uh, these buyers by – projects that are in different phases. Hey, we're going to take you by a house that hasn't been touched yet and it's a disaster. And then we're going to take you by it in a week when they've gutted it and cleaned it out. And it's actually a clean palette and it looks quite nice. Um, not ready to go, but clean. And then we're going to take you by in another week or two when it's actually starting to be put back together and you can start to see what the process is really like and where they're having issues. And we talked to you about the issues that that project is having so that you're not It's not your project, but you're in the project and you're seeing what's going on and you start to, it starts to, the reality of it starts to wear on the, the pipe dream of what you've come in with. So going through that process, you know, really helps. We have a couple of minutes left in the segment. So give us, um, all out there in radio listener land, a day in the life of Mark Bloom. Obviously, you live in Texas. You're in New York today. <laughs> yes, I sir. sense that you're very, very busy world all over the place. Give us a, a, a day in the life of. Sure. Uh, well, I travel a good bit because we do have 15, 16 offices around the country. Um, we provide those offices with a lot of support and we are pushing the business as it grows. Um, I deal with a lot of fires. We like to say, you know, deal with it when it's a campfire before it becomes a forest fire. Correct. Right. So we deal with a lot of little issues. Uh, we have a very solid model that we try and run and we put a lot of training out there, but, um, dealing with issues on projects because we deal with, look, an investor has a problem, a buyer has a problem. They call us and we're there to kind of assist them through that project. So, uh, as some of those bigger issues make their way up the, up the rungs, we're dealing with that regularly. Um, funding, we, we, we close, you know, we will close over 
2,000, 2,500, maybe even 3,000 deals this year. So we're closing 150, 200 deals uh, a week. It starts to get really, it's that, a lot. That, that is amazing. It's that is lot. amazing. 2,500 single family homes. Single family, basically. yeah. Purchase and sale. No, no, we do some packages, but these are mostly individual assets. So you will also list the property from, from somebody. We will. We have in-house agent that will list and we list for 1% because we're trying to keep money in the investor's pocket, uh, we want to bring them back and do more deals. One of the things I love about our business is uh, a good business partnership has to have aligned interests and we try and keep money in the investor's pocket, in the buyer's pocket. Mm -hmm. So we make money when they come back and buy another house. Got it. Unfortunately, we have to leave it there. We're talking to Mark Bloom, who is the co-founder and owner of Net Worth Realty. This is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back. Don't go away. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody. We are back, and I'm here with Louise Phillips-Forbes from Halstead Property, Niall Lundgren from Compass, Phil Horrigan from LeaseBreak.com, and a special guest panel panelist today, Ryan Solinger. He was a real estate professional with nearly 10 years of experience experience transacting over $100 million in sales of townhouses, co-ops, and condominium projects here in New York City. From the start, Ryan earned his reputation as a market-savvy professional with instinctual knowledge of what's needed to get a deal closed. I like that. That's kind of interesting. Ryan's uh, Ryan educated his clients through his experience and insight, as well as utilizing the latest technologies for an innovative, client-friendly approach. Today, he has taken his insight and experience and helped found the company X. Spore, Correct. Xpore Life Science is a, sci- uh, a service that protects families and pets from air quality threats. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that before we get into hot topics. First of all, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for coming. So, Ryan, what you know? Tell us a little bit 
a little bit about the company that you found recently and what are the eight signs that you may potentially have a mold problem. Now, you know, this is a real estate show. We touch and feel real estate homes and houses and apartments every day. The silent killer sometimes can be behind the scenes, and we all know that mold is not a fun situation. Explain this to us. So this company is actually 10 years old, so I can't I can't take that much credit. I just started working on this about a year and a half ago. And um, obviously I wanted to transition out of real estate, but use what I'd learned there to complement um, you know, this business. And um, what I've learned is that, you know, obviously we have an incentive to protect our homes and, you know, maintain the health of our homes, but there is a huge impact, um, you know, on the, on the value of these assets if they've been compromised, whether it be on account of a, you know, water breach or, you know, rodent infestation. And these do, these issues do affect the value of these, of these properties, big and small, um, what 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 are the signs of potential? Um, let's let's use mold for example. What are some of the signs that you might have a mold problem? I'll give you a quick example. I rented a summer house in uh, three three summers ago up in the Hudson Valley, <clears throat> and I'm not necessarily mold sensitive, but some of my family members were. My dog absolutely was, and we weren't in that house more than a week before I realized, oops, something is going on here. Jet, my dog was sneezing, wheezing, you know, whatever for the entire time, and I we had it tested and it was a huge problem yeah but we were going to be there for three months so we had to kind of deal with it you know because it wasn't my house but i you know I, again i'm not so sensitive to it but there are people who the minute they walk in they have an, a major issue so what are we looking for here it's, it's something like 30 something percent of folks exhibit actual symptoms i think it's funny your dog exhibited symptoms but you didn't but instantly yeah so we we, we you know i am somewhat sensitive to these things. I don't have a good s sense of smell, but a lot of people do have a good sense of smell and they smell these, this mildew, this mildew, or, you know, they see physical spots or discoloration that can be caused by mold, but oftentimes it's invisible. So mm -hmm. there could be spores, you know, that exist, you know, in a cross-contamination scenario, but, you know, the culprit was hiding behind a certain place that you, you just didn't see. So uh, oftentimes you really want to be conscious of those physical symptoms. Um, you know, which can be somewhat like allergies, you know, like you said, sniffing and, and wheezing and so on. But there's other there's other adverse health effects that can arise from these things. So what is biological contamination control? Yeah, that's just a fancy way of saying, you know, biological contamination is a fancy way of saying that the home is not healthy. Um, controlling your home's health is an important thing to do, again, not only to protect your asset, but also to, if you're a landlord or a manager, you want to, you know, you don't want to expose yourself to a potential uh, lawsuit. Uh, or even have to retain a counsel for that matter just to, to deal with that sort of headache. So if someone does raise these issues, whether they say that they have a, a smell issue or uh, a health issue, it's very important that, especially as a manager or landlord, you take these issues seriously because if you don't address it, you know, it could be perceived as neglect and you could find yourself in a situation, you know, you don't really otherwise want to. How do you eliminate these, these so, conditions, these odors, yeah, these it's mold a great scores? question. There's a lot of varieties of solutions, you know, big and small. Our company focuses on leveraging green technology to treat this uh, in a cost-effective manner. So we have a proprietary solution. It's currently in its eighth generation um, that we fog. And uh, it comes out, it's a very fine mist. It's a tech comes out at 10 microns. Your hair, by comparison, is 80 microns big. Mm -hmm. So this super fine mist that consists of these living enzymes penetrates deep and basically neutralizes these contaminants, whether it be mold or mildew 
or whether it be the bacteria left over from a bug or rodent infestation, addresses a lot of different um, things. When we've had a variety of different case studies where we've implemented this technology technology successfully, even in agriculture. So um, it's a great product. But you know, again, there's so many different ways of addressing this. You can do the nail and hammer approach and rip out everything, which you know can cost you know more more money, of course. But you know, our solution is is different, um, and it's not you know it's not for every case, but Certainly, we uh, we do fix a lot of good problems. Can I ask a question? Do yeah. You, uh, if you're not getting symptoms, if you don't have symptoms, like you said, only thirty percent of people have symptoms. Thirty something, yeah. right? Um, is it still harmful to you, or is yeah. it just the symptoms themselves that are? Great question. It is harmful to you, and when I say harmful, I mean just because you're exhibiting these symptoms doesn't mean that there's a deeper issue mm-hmm. at hand. Um, I don't I don't want to sound like I'm exaggerating here, but there are neurological issues that can arise from these you know, from these contaminated living home, living environments, if we're exposed to them long enough, it can have a much deeper uh, impact on our health, um, mm. more than just coughing and wheezing. So we should all have our apartments and homes checked? No, not really. I mean, if you've had a water breach okay. or if you're exhibiting symptoms like your dog, for example, is is, is wheezing or coughing, um, you know, you might get it tested, um, you know, but more often than not, when people come to us, they know they have an issue because there was that water breach or they are having uh, a, a mildewy uh, odor coming from their home. So, mm. um, so what steps from a preventative standpoint can, can all a, of us yeah, be That's taking? a good question. So mold exists everywhere, even in this room. You just have, If you feed it, though, with high humidity, for example, it can grow. Um, now, in this space here in a studio in Midtown, the upper floor of a Midtown building, maybe less so. But if we were in a garden apartment, for example, in that Park Slope townhouse, yeah. And there was a lot of outdoor air coming in and uh, you didn't have a dehumidifier running, but because you're in a hundred year old building or structure in the basement, it's quite damp. Um, sure enough. Um, and if you neglect it, it won't just get into the home itself. It'll permeate through everything, It'll get into your clothes and so on. And that can actually damage your, your fine wardrobe. And I know that sounds exaggerated. I've seen this. I just saw this, this, this just happened with someone. So um, yeah. it, it should be addressed. Now, listen, I went through it for the summer, and, it, and he's absolutely correct. It, it just it seems to get into everything, and it seems to be like once you discover what it is, it's like all over the place. Tell us quickly how we can find your product and where we can find you for more information. So this company is based in Connecticut. Um, we have an office here in Manhattan. We have an office in Albany, South Florida, Connecticut, Massachusetts. Um, here uh, anyone can obviously look us up on a website. It's exporlifesciences.com. Um, but my phone number, which I, you know, I'm happy to give out, is 917-207-0065. And um, you know, I'm constantly on the phone fielding questions about these matters because it is such a nuanced issue. So um, if you do suspect that there is a problem, you know, there is some, there is some merit. There's probably some merit to it for sure. Mm. All right, Ryan Ryan Salinger, thank you so much for that. So moving on, more than two-thirds of renters across the United States say lack of a down payment is what's keeping them from buying a home. This according to a new report by Zillow. In New York, the stakes are even higher. The median sale price for a Brooklyn home during the first quarter of this year was $770,000, assuming that both your building and your bank will probably require a 20% down payment. That means you'll have to put down $154,000 up front three times the median annual income in the city. How are first-time buyers handling this? And being in a buyer's market, is it make it making it any easier for them? There's a number of ways that first-time homebuyers can um, 
accomplish a sale or you know buy in in New York City, you know there are much higher uh, down payments. You know, Luis and I were talking earlier. You know, I have a friend who's uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana. And he just made an offer on his first time house and he's putting three and a half percent down in an FHA loan um, all in. It's like seven grand, something like that. And it just for me, I had that conversation last night. It completely blows my mind because, you know, when I'm talking about first time home buyers, you know, in New York, you know, these if it's a there's a couple of ways you could do it on your own. You know, and that takes, you know, unless you have a very high paying job, you could be you have to be very um, aware and conscious of your savings and save up. Every every month and on a yearly basis, you know, when you get a bonus, don't go crazy and spend it all. You know, those types of uh, first-time home buyers um, are out there and they exist. You know, there's other other cases where there's co-purchasing where you could buy with your mother or your father. Um, there's gifting where your parents can gift you the money. And in Manhattan, because the down payments are so high, you know, a lot of the first-time buyers that we all see, I'm sure, um, are doing co-purchasing scenarios or having their parents gift them the money. Um, in order to to achieve that, I mean, it's it's a it's a very high number, twenty percent down when you're talking about median sales prices in Brooklyn but in Manhattan, at seven seventy. Twenty five percent. Yeah, if you're looking I mean, at co-ops, we well, and, and, and sometimes have have even more. Liquidity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to be very liquid to buy. And I just it. had a signed contract yesterday on one of my listings, uh, a million million fifty, I think, uh, for a one bedroom, and at the end of the day, he is putting five um, percent down. And his bank is financing, I'm sorry, 10% down, period. And the bank is financing uh, 90%. And so, so I thought, wow. So is your wow. seller doing a financial contingency of 90%? God bless you. Mm-hmm. All right. I wouldn't take that risk. I From had long conversation. I know. Well, you know, here's the thing. He was more more interested and and the dynamic sometimes with these deals, as we all know, was interesting. But he was more interested in getting his full ask <laughs> offer because we had spent two weeks of getting many, many, I've never gotten- 999. Not even, 930, 925, 940, 950. We, I've never received so many offers on one apartment in my career. <laughs> so we end up with a full ask offer and he's willing that the bank wrote him a note saying this guy is fully qualified, he's gonna get his loan, blah, 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 blah. He did the deal. I've done it, you know. I've done. I'll a, help you with those comps. Honey. I've done. A, <laughs> no, but I've done a number of those where the seller ultimately makes a decision and yeah. goes for the yeah, contingent they, offer. And I got to tell you, uh, usually, I mean, people always scare you that a contingency, having a contingency is a problem. They usually work out. I mean, I haven't seen that many buyers get out of these deals. Like, yes, it's possible, and obviously, a non-contingent deal is better for a seller. Clearly, right. but I mean, it. You know, if if the numbers there. Um, and the seller is not in a situation where they have to sell a certain time period or whatever. You know, I mean, I, I think it's a, a, a risk worth taking depending on the situation. He doesn't have to sell. I mean, he wants right. to, wants a bigger place and we're looking for, you know, another place. But it's like, you know, everybody makes their decisions and everybody makes their choices. So this is what he's doing. And everybody is, is blissfully happy in, I, in I, I the process. I just experienced talking about down payments. I just experienced, uh, and I was telling Niall earlier, June and July, we have gotten 16 contract signs. And um, on, I would say, 50% of those, eight of them are receiving gifts. And these are established individuals, and they're <clears> not, <throat> you know, uh, first-time buyers, mm-hmm. none of them. So um, I think that uh, that one of the things that I've found that I have been at, because I do so much multi-generational advising for families that we have structured um, 
part of my format of, of helping prepare my clients is talking to the parents about estate planning where instead of gifting them, you know, 25,000 or 24, seven, whatever it is a year that they can do per person that they make this, um, gift and then they can forgive it, uh, over a period of time if they structure it properly so that they're not impact with taxes. Um, so it's something that we found to be very useful in helping to advise families. All right, we have to leave it there for a minute. We are live from Blast Off Productions here in New York City. This is Good Morning New York. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Aliens with Gas, we are the extraterrestrial rock show airing every Saturday afternoon on the voiceamerica.com variety channel. <laughs> Whatever happens out and about, it kind of dictates our conversation. For sure. And we like to tie in a little bit of the past and obviously keep it real current. And real current was a couple nights ago right here in Phoenix. A phenomenon happened. On Thursday night. Phenomenon. Do, 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 do. <laughs> phenomenon. Do, 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 do. Phenomenon. Do, do. All right, never mind. <laughs> That's every Saturday right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back with Louise Phillips-Forbes from Halstead uh, Property, now Lungward & Compass. Phil Horrigan from leasebreak.com and Ryan Solinger is staying around with us. So you know real estate is a good business when other businesses such as Amazon Inc. I mean, this one threw me for a loop the other day, are trying to get their hands on it. Last week, real the last week, real estate website Inman reported that Amazon had launched its new e-commerce feature under the home and business service section. It featured a field that allows you to find and hire a realtor. However, before the news raised any further excitement, the page had been taken down by the next day. Why? Another question raised is whether Amazon is looking to acquire part of Zillow and Redfin's database. What the hell is going on here with well, everybody listen, jumping into our pockets? Well, first of all, the pockets. question I want to know is, is it free shipping when you get uh, your By agent? drone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, by drone. By That'd drone. be sweet. I mean, it's no surprise that Amazon wouldn't get into real estate eventually. They're I mean, in every other, every other business. So I mean, I, it doesn't surprise Whole Foods, me. Yeah, so right. Sure. It doesn't surprise me. But 
people are getting into our pockets. Like, so I, I, Vince, we talked a little bit before the show, but I don't know if you guys saw that Zumper, which is a real estate portal, now has is now an agent, is now a broker. Yeah. So this means that you now have all your listings as a broker mm-hmm. on their site. They're getting a lot of leads to the site, and then they're taking those leads from your listings and giving them to their own agents. It's just like, I mean, I don't understand what in what world they think that brokers will be okay with this and that brokers will still give them their listings. They don't care about the broker. That's what the end game here is. They're all about the consumer and the consumer going to them right. for anything real estate related. That's what it really is coming down right. to. But the same thing with Street Easy and the same thing's gonna happen with Zumper. Right. I promise you that this is the beginning of the end for those kind of firms. They just, it's just, I mean, we've been doing this a long time. We've seen firms come and go, and yes, things are changing and we're all open to change and technology, but the broker serves a critical function, especially in New York City, and to just think they could be swept aside or to think that you can do something in an underhanded, sneaky way, because I went on to Zumper. It's very sneaky the way it's done. You don't even realize you're talking to an agent. You think you're just on Zumper, and then, oh, would you like someone to help you find that? Yeah, sure, sure. 100%. Next thing you know, and they charge, by the way, and I'll, I, this hasn't been reported in the real deal, but I noticed it, three weeks broker fee. So it's three weeks broker fee. So in other words, not what a month. What does that mean? In other words, not a month fee. It's three weeks of a month. Oh, so to on the rental side. Even that, the exactly. low point of the Yeah, so it's, it's basically a discount brokerage. Well, yeah, they're probably making the case that, oh, because technology, our costs are a lot lower, blah, 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 blah. So it's just uh, it's just unreal to me what's going on. I just It's just unreal. Anyway, moving on. Manhattan's luxury residential market, which has <laughs> been in a deep freeze due to oversupply and a shortage of foreign buyers, but it is now showing signs of thawing. The luxury market's improved performance contributed to the brisk pace of home sales in the borough during the second quarter of this year. The luxury market above $5 million seems to have sprung back. There are more offers and there are more deals being made. What is your take on this and are how are the other sectors of the marketplace doing? <laughs> Why are you all looking at me? <laughs> Luxury high end. Well, I will say that um, it's been it's been uh, this is a pattern that we can look at history. And when you've had the kind of disruption that we experienced, which was equal to the Great Depression um, or similar to uh, where you had a market that was completely reset. We had massive growth from 2010 to 2015, which was unsustainable. So 2016 was a resetting plateau and then a dip. So people who are opportunistic, who have security financially, there's nothing better to create wealth then re- investing in real estate, as we heard earlier on your st- uh, on your show, uh, you know, I am. I think it's a level of confidence. People that had the volatility in the stock market throughout sixteen and the election, you know, it's massive recovery in the first quarter of two thousand and seventeen. So my clients are all liquid now and have been and waiting for the right place. We put there's there is no coincidence is why I put sixteen transactions in contract in 40 days. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing the same thing, uh, in in my, in my area. And, you know, all of a sudden there seems to be an uptick in interest, but a steady, you still have to be priced, right? There's still, you know, the buyers, you cannot make up the market. Um, there's an efficiency and that is revealed every time I list an apartment. And if I'm off 50 grand on a listing, 
you feel it in the first 30 people through the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. very, very Louise, true. your 16 deals, were they all on the listing side or a combination of listing Both. and buyers? Both. About half and Both. half? Um, maybe a little more of my listings. I mean, mm. I think nine nine were were my listings and mm. okay. seven were my buyers. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. We're all successful real estate agents here in this room. So let's talk a little bit about um, some of the horror stories out there that make uh, prospective renters, buyers, and sellers feel overwhelmed at the prospect of finding the right match to represent them. So whether you're representing a buyer, a seller, a renter, or all of the above, what should these clients look for in a broker that will give them the sense of calm, you know, confidence that this person, whether it's Phil or Louise or Niall or Ryan or Vince, is going to make that transaction happen? and happen successfully. What are the qualities that they should be looking for in a successful agent? I mean, from my experience, I mean, because this is really important. The out there. most important thing, you know, I used to think that real estate, and I say this almost, I feel like every show, but uh, I feel like when I got into real estate, I really thought it was about architecture and brick and mortar, but it's the business of people. And for me, thank God, because I'm so relationally driven, I'm, you know, my husband makes fun of me saying that I care about the bad relationships. But, but <laughs> the truth is, is that I am a matchmaker and there is a chemistry that happens when you walk in and you so well see said. your right home. And for us, the most important component of, of my business that is, is to b- really look at myself, not as a salesperson, but as an educator. And being an educator, the best component that I can have or strength would be my listening mm-hmm. skills. Secondly, would be managing expectations. Yeah, I mean, I think things to look out for, too, are what you should look out for in terms of not um, – um, like not wanting to be with a broker is uh, fast talking, right? You, you said the most important thing is one of them is listening. You know, it's very important that the person who you're working with is going to ask the right questions and then listen to you so that, you know, you feel heard. That's very important. And then, you know, he or she can help navigate you towards your goals, as was stated earlier in the show. You know, you have to find out and assess what your goals are. But if you have somebody talking to you fast, oh, you need to do this and that, you know, I, if I'm working with somebody, you know, this is most likely the largest transaction of one's life. Correct. So <clears throat> when that happens, you know, you need to make sure that it's done at a, at a slow pace, you know, at, at a pace that's manageable. You have to manage everyone's expectations and then set, you know, the timeline from start to finish so that they know what to expect after each step is successfully completed so that you get all the way to the finish line. And those things are, are tough to find. You know, you have to ask a lot of right questions and always referrals and recommendations are, are good ways to, to reach out and find and, 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 and an overall proven track record. I mean, I'm not just doing this for six months. I mean, I've been in this field. I've been yeah. doing this for a while. I'm a co-op, you know, specialist. I'm a condo specialist. You know, I'm, I'm a lease break, you know, uh, specialist. Whatever we are, it's our uh, proven track record. I think that relates to people and who want to work with us because they know instinctively we're going to get the job done. Now, with all of that said, there are people, and and Louise used the term chemistry because I mean it really is a chemistry with with your clients. And we are consultants and we do educate, but there are sometimes people that we just can't work for with. I mean. From our Certainly. side to them, and we have to kind of mitigate that as well because it, right. we're not always matched perfectly. I've had to right. fire a client in the past because we just could not communicate. And I remember, you know, and you have to hold their hand through the, this this huge endeavor, yeah. which is their biggest purchase of their life. 
And it's if it, you're not communicating well, you know, I don't want to go and spend six months holding their hand if we are just having issues day in and day out, just simply communicating. Well, I, I will also just say that I, I um, when you're dealing with, uh, you know, highly intelligent and successful individuals, um, I just I just went to contract with a guy who is a trader um, and that's his business and he knows everything and knows, you know, is the expert in his industry. And I finally sat down with him and just said, look, you got to want to buy. I can, you can have a million reasons why, you know, he's like, I've been looking on and off since 2003 and the market's overinflated. And I was like, <laughs> you, you're buying your home. It's not a trade. And if you're going to treat it like a trade, you're going to be on the sidelines. I have to cut you off. I'm so sorry. We are so absolutely out of time. That is our show for today. Thanks to my guests, Ryan Solinger and Mark Bloom. We will be back next week. Be kind to one another for all of us here at Voice America all around the world. Thanks for joining us, and I will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.